Welcome to The Courage Effect. I'm Suzanne Weller, and this is a show about growth and unleashing what's possible. You'll hear inspiring stories about what courage looks like, how we navigate what's getting in our way, and the opportunities that surface when we choose courage over comfort. Let's get started. Welcome to The Courage Effect. This is Suzanne. I'm honored to have you joining me today. So my guest today, this is the first show where we have two guests, and these are two people who have actually been quite instrumental in my storytelling journey. They've been partners in both creativity and curiosity and are really some of the main reason why I am here today and why The Courage Effect exists. My guests today are Dave Nelson and Stacey Harris. They have basically woven stories separately and together. They partner both in life because they are married and in business. They created a business where they work with brands to develop audio storytelling strategies. And they honestly inspire me for so many reasons because of the work that they do, how they show up as human beings and as friends. And they are so intentional about how they approach their lives. And they're so open to experimentation at the same time. So Dave Nelson is a Seattle-based composer committed to curating music that serves as a soundtrack for life's moments. And heads up, he actually created the Courage Effect uh, music. So I just want to make sure, Dave, that we acknowledge you for that. I love it. A big thank you. Um, after leaving the U.S. Air Force, Dave embarked on a career combining his creativity and technical curiosity, starting with over 20 years at Microsoft, from the first generation Xbox to the development and management of content channels, including digital music and video distribution, as well as global media partner management. And Stacey Harris's passion is to guide clients to unlock their true potential and drive transformation through her coaching and consulting practice. She serves as a catalyst for growth, empowering individuals to navigate change with confidence. With two decades of extensive business development and coaching experience, Stacey ignites the fire within, fueling personal and organizational excellence. Dave and Stacey, it is such a pleasure to have you both here. Welcome to The Courage Effect. Hello, Suzanne. How are you? Thanks for having us. This is exciting. Uh, uh, we uh, we are so thrilled uh, and honored to um, be uh, invited to to chat with you today, and ridiculously excited that the Courage Effect is not only up and running but thriving. So, well done. Thank you. Well, thank you to both of you for being here and for being a part of of making it happen. So, and of course, let's start off with the big question. So, and I'm going to pose this to you both. You can take turns in how you would like to respond. But what does courage mean to you? Wow, courage. <laughs> well, first of all, getting on a show like this live when we're normally on the other side of the microphone. But I, actually, I think for me, uh, not so much fear-based, but to have courage, uh, it's got to be going to do something that I'm not sure about, right? Um, taking a step into kind of the unknown, uh, if everything seemed easy and uh, was sure to work out right, I don't think I would call it courage to be stepping into things I knew were always going to happen well. Yeah. yeah. Well, and I think it's a willingness to try something, uh, not knowing to similar what Dave said about knowing the outcome, but also in spite of what others may tell you you should do. Um, we get a lot of shoulds in life. And if we actually follow our gut or our heart or our passion, whatever we want to identify it as, uh, there's a really, really good chance that it'll actually work out, uh, even if it maybe might not seem to work out for someone else. Um, it usually lands us where we need to be. 
I love that. I love that. Well, embracing the unknown, moving away from the shoulds, because yes, we all tend to should ourselves to death. And the idea of, of not just, you know, being open to the unknown, but what is, what is actually going to uncover what, what will uncover and what will surface on the other side of that. So, and, and I'd love for maybe one of you, no, no, Dave, let's start with you. If you wouldn't mind sharing a story, maybe where courage was involved, where it did propel you to uncover something or, or maybe bubble up a success that you didn't expect. Yeah. I think when getting ready for this show, uh, we were talking and I think the big one that really starts for me is many years ago, I was in the air force and I wrapping up my four years and it was, you know, time to decide, do I, do I reenlist and go for more or do I get out kind of thing? And it had, I had just gotten to the point where I knew my job and I was really good at it, um, that I was doing in the air force. And I could see myself easily just doing a whole career and retiring through all of that. And mm -hmm. I enjoyed it, but I still felt like it didn't allow me the, the creative freedom. I mean, it's very prescribed, the things that you do and don't do. But I didn't feel like I had the creative freedom to move around uh, in the things that I was interested in. Primarily music was, was kind of the main driver. And so, uh, you know, I traded steady income in a steady job for getting out and you know everyone told me music is not a, is not a good way to make a living kind of thing so i think that was the big step right there for me was i'm going to be courageous i'm going to move forward and i'm going to go try to do the thing that i want to do instead of the thing that was safe and comfortable and yeah you know looking back long term like you just said in the intro i i've forgotten that this was the show that the music was on that you and i worked on heard it in the interim like oh my gosh that's right that's the song so that was many years ago to take that step and go through just the just a lifelong journey of ending up somewhere where I'm creating music for a show for a friend of mine that that's on the radio. And had I, you know, had I not taken that step, who knows where I would have been, you know, could have end, ended up at the same place or somewhere completely different. But that was a courageous moment for me, I think, looking back. Yeah. Did you have to deal with naysayers when you made that decision? I mean, because as you said, you know, you're like, I'm going into music, which is yeah. Oh, yeah. awesome, creative, yeah. you know, from a creative point of view, but there's obviously the the reality of, you know, parents and other people in your life. So I'm just curious, wh where did that come in? I don't know. That, uh, I don't recall my parents giving me any problems, but there was a ton of people like, Dave, you could be retired in X years and all of this stuff. And I'm like, I'm 20 something. I don't, I'm not really thinking about retiring, but uh you know, I still, I had more energy towards the, you know, the passion, right? The, the kind of the, the rockstar fantasy or whatever it was at the time. I, I still wanted to go do those things that were kind of burning in me. A lot of people like, yeah, you're never going to make money doing that. That's like, you're never going to make a living. You'll be a starving artist the whole time. Like, well, I don't want to be starving, but, <laughs> but I do think if you're not feeding yourself, ultimately, I, I couldn't, I don't think I could have articulated at the time. But looking back now, if you're not feeding yourself at some level, you're going to starve. You're going to starve, you know, inside, not so much, your, you know, your stomach or something like that. So I had a lot of people, you know, encouraging me to do all sorts of things that I'm glad I didn't do. Well, that's I, I love that you took that leap. And obviously it led to, I mean, 20 years at Microsoft. That's a long time. And I'm imagining, too, that leaving Microsoft after 20 years was probably another uh, leap of faith. Uh, yeah, steady, the steady check, all that kind of stuff. Um, and even during that, you know, just to be real quick, even during that journey, there's a lot of tech, but then a lot of music, a lot of creative aspects kind of kind of percolated through that whole time. 
And it was, well, I'm not a musician. I'm not doing the thing I want, but I'm still kind of dabbling in it. You know, I ended up in MSN music and Bing video, working with record labels and things like that. So I was still, you know, ultimately that goal was still out there and I still was around it and kind of immersed in it. And it's just, you never know how you're going to end up doing those things. I would have never imagined that it would have been through Microsoft, for instance. Yeah. That's great. I love that story. And what about you, Stacey? I mean, maybe if, I don't know if you want to share uh, share one as well, put you on the spot. Um, well, yeah, similar to Dave, you, you know, especially in my early 20s, I actually started out in IT in Australia, having been born and raised there. And IT back in the, I'm aging myself in the 90s, was very wild, wild west. Um, and I moved to Canada on a working holiday visa being in a part of the commonwealth and um i didn't i knew microsoft in the ethereal like just very like you know it's this global brand even at the time um and i said to myself i actually want to work for microsoft and uh didn't know how didn't know anyone i didn't even know anyone in the northern hemisphere um at that time and so i was 22 years old and living in vancouver and saw an ad in the paper in the paper one day that said that microsoft was having an open house uh, on the campus in redmond and so i caught the train i came down on a saturday morning uh, it was doubly awesome because they were offering free breakfast um so as a starving 22 year old that was really that was like oh, yeah i'll just go for that um and so i i literally got on a train and i turned up to this place called redmond washington which at you know at the time i might have actually thought that the white house was in washington so um yeah i and then i landed a job at and started at the age of 23. So coming from a small town in Australia, that was, uh, that was kind of a big deal. That's a huge deal. And especially, as you said, you didn't really know anybody in this hemisphere. So it's a big yeah. difference too. Yeah. Yeah. But the bagels definitely were a good draw. So, um, that was, <laughs> <laughs> that started off my bagels, uh, entered my career, uh, at Microsoft, uh, pretty early. So. It is interesting looking back at early professions, right? Like the things that really pulled you in, the things that let, that were the big perks and that mattered <laughs> just on the priority level, right? Like, oh my God, like free, free soda. Yeah. yeah. Soda. Like I remember the soda. I was like, oh, that's amazing. I was like, yeah. okay, <laughs> this serves a purpose, doesn't it? <laughs> it does. It does. Maybe not so much anymore, but it did at the time. And, you know, if someone's having an open house and they're offering free bagels, yeah, there's a good chance we'll turn up. So <laughs> even now, yeah. <laughs> Now I know. Now I know what are the things I need to do to actually uh, pull you in. So maybe I need to send you some bagels after we do this interview. <laughs> That'd be great. <laughs> so I know we're going to take a, a quick break, but but when we come back, I'd love to maybe talk a little bit about, I mean, obviously you've, you've both made big moves in your life, big, bold moves. And I'm sure that there were some moments where you didn't necessarily either trust your gut, or maybe there were some times where things didn't necessarily go as you expected. Maybe you jumped into the unknown and it wasn't quite what you wanted. Maybe there was a do over, over moment, as I, would, as I like to call them. So let's take a quick break. Let's come back and maybe talk about some of the things that maybe didn't work out so well, but you learned from them in the, in the process. So if you're listening, uh, this is Suzanne, The Courage Effect. We will be right back. 
Asking questions is better than making assumptions, such as the premise of my show, Stacy Connects, a show about making connections through conversation. I welcome a diverse assortment of guests to chat about topics and ideas that are sometimes educational, sometimes inspirational, a little personal, and always entertaining. Every week, I draw out and befriend the elephant in the room so listeners can connect with the unexpected. Listen live Tuesdays from 3 to 4 on Alternative Talk, 1150 KKNW. Have you ever wanted to go above and beyond for your community? Volunteering for your local fire or EMS department is your opportunity. Join a family that will serve with you, always have your back, and train you to be the best version of yourself. As a volunteer, you will meet new people, learn new skills, and make a meaningful impact. Learn more at makemeafirefighter.org. That's makemeafirefighter.org. Alternative Talk 1150. We're on your radio at 1150 AM. We're on your HD radio at 98.9 Channel 3. So many ways to listen. We're on the web at 1150kknw.com. Streaming live audio and video as well as MP3 archives of many of our shows. So many ways to listen. And now... We're on your smartphone or tablet. Download our free app in the Apple App Store or Google Play and take Alternative Talk 1150 anywhere you go. So many ways to listen. Bored with the other stations? Hammering away on the same old talking points? Try Alternative Talk 1150 and get some variety. Welcome back to The Courage Effect. This is Suzanne, and I am in conversation with Stacey Harris and Dave Nelson. So, Dave, let's go back to you. When we left off, we were talking about, you know, maybe let's have a conversation about a do-over moment. And I like to think of that as, you know, courage is a really great thing, like because, as you said, embracing the unknown and, and going out there. Sometimes we do things that didn't go as planned, and that's okay. But I'd love to hear a little bit from you, maybe if you have a do-over moment and it, what did you learn from it? I, I, I'll i answer that question. I don't know if my do-over moments are necessarily uh, mistake-oriented, um, but I just keep thinking of different, different phases and eras of my life um, where I said, well, like for instance, getting out and doing music kind of thing. So I got out of the military because I wanted to learn music and I started studying in college. And then a couple of years in, I got a job answering phones at Microsoft and ended up on a completely different route, doing product support and all the, all sorts of other stuff. And so music kind of took a back seat. I don't regret going that route, but at, at some point during that, uh, an opportunity came up to work at MSN Music. And I thought, well, that's not quite what I imagined uh, in terms of doing it, but I'm still involved. So let's back up and take another run at this and dive in on the business side of working with labels and, and distribution processes, stuff like that. And so I could, there's a number of times, you know, in my history where I've been able to say, this isn't quite what I expected, but I'm going to back up and take another run at it. I'm going to do another do over. Like maybe it's not quite exactly what I thought it was going to be. Uh, and sort of embracing the opportunity as a different way of approaching the original dream kind of thing yeah uh, so i would say there's probably two or three or four different times getting out of the military going into you know into college studying and then microsoft pops up then within 
within working in, in Microsoft and of working with record labels, who would have thought that a software company would be doing that? Um, and then getting done with that, starting, you know, editing for podcasts and then creating theme songs for shows like yours, for instance. And just there's all these instances where if I, I look at these new opportunities and and I sort of tell myself, I guess I didn't say at the time, but now I can. Yeah, I want to do that over. I could still achieve the thing that I want to do. It's not going to be exactly the way I, I envisioned it at first, but let's do it. Let's do this over again and try again to see where we end up. And just kind of taking repeated opportunities instead of saying uh, it's black or white. If it worked or it didn't, and if it didn't, then I'm on to doing something else kind of thing. It's a it's never over until you give up kind of thing. So just keep moving on things, doing over. I love that for so many reasons that I think it's really important for us to, as you said, it's, it doesn't mean it was a mistake because it didn't turn out how you didn't necessarily want, but it's that true, that true desire to experiment, that true desire to be like, well, let's go again. And I would imagine that so much of creating music is about that. Uh, yeah, no. Yeah. Sometimes like uh, you create something for someone they're like, that's not what I wanted. Like, oh, well, I thought it was perfect. So uh, I guess we're going to do that again, like, like figure out what it was. And, you know, you end up learning things in the process. You end up you know, like, I can actually save that for later and I can, I can redo that in, in, in another, another event or opportunity. So yeah, it's never, it's never a fail, a pass or fail. It's, uh, I think evolving, evolving the dream or evolving the goals that you have. Cause when I went into the military, there was no such thing as music streaming, for instance. So it wasn't, well, maybe one day I'll be able to get involved in online music. It's like there was no such thing. It yeah. didn't exist. So there was no job aptitude test that said, well, maybe you could do that. It was some opportunity because I thought I would be playing. Um, and I didn't get the opportunities I, I needed to, to in order to play on a regular basis. So I ended up going into software company. And in the middle of all of that, there's this opportunity to work with record labels. I worked with 250 in, indie labels and all of the majors. I had no idea I would ever be anywhere close to that kind of stuff. And you just, the opportunities might not exist today that you will have five years from now. So keep moving forward on those things, I'd say. Well, and you, you know, when you were working on the music stuff at Microsoft, you were partnering with the labels of the very first the very first label of Taylor Swift and John yeah. Legend. Yeah. And, you know, uh, you would never think that a, a, a multinational software company would be, you know, you would find a role where you're working directly with these music labels, regardless of how big they are. Right. And so, and we have also on the flip side of that been in the studio with some of the most influential technical leaders on the planet. And, never in a million years did we think that there would be such a crossover in what, what especially with what Dave has done right and so there's there a lot of these pinch me moments where we're like you if you were to write it down on paper no one would believe you but here we are yeah first my first time in a big well not my very first time but re recently you know a few years ago I'm in this gigantic multi-million dollar studio not for the reason I ever thought I'm here to interview a a tech billionaire and it isn't because of music but all of a sudden, I, I guess I made it to a studio somehow. And you just, I think if you're too rigid on the dreams, right? You want to have that childlike, I want to be an astronaut one day, right? You want to have that big dream. 
and just be willing to say, well, that dream might not take the shape that you originally imagined. You might end up working at NASA in a different capacity or working in the music industry in a capacity that didn't exist when you made the, the initial dream. Well, and I'll jump in really quick too. One of the other things that in, with Dave's work as a composer today, post tech career and, and our, you know, with our media business is uh, him getting comfortable with identifying as a composer. And it seems relatively new when he says it out loud for as a descriptor for himself, but in actual fact, he's been composing for decades, just not in an official kind of full-time capacity. And so um, he could have been calling himself a composer this entire time, uh, but it's just now kind of feeling comfortable in wrapping yourself ar around the title that um, but he's been writing music, um, you know, since he was in middle school. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Good. And so even at, in his more seasoned uh, age, um, you know, it's something that he's not new to composing. It's just new as identifying as a composer when it's been a lifelong thing for him. Yeah. It's been there under yeah. the surface the whole time. Yeah. yeah. Sounds like you're getting more comfortable with wearing that hat. <laughs> I don't feel so much like a poser, more of a composer. So <laughs> it's it's all growth. It's all growth mindset, really. I love that. Composer, not poser. Very nice. So, and what about you, Stacey? I mean, I don't know if you have something where you want to talk about maybe, you know, when you were going against somebody's advice or maybe going on your own advice. I'd love to hear from you, maybe something where you took a chance and uh, and really went with your gut. Yeah, there's, uh, there's a lot of times, uh, small micro uh, instances, uh, but the two biggest probably pivotal um, or swivel moments that Dave and I now, because we don't want to evoke a, a, an eye roll with the word pivotal, so we're referring to it as a swivel, um, is um, I was in my early 20s, and it goes back to my conversation earlier about uh, moving to Canada. I grew up in a relatively small large town, small city um, in Australia. And um, there was this kind of unspoken expectation that you grew up there, you stayed there, you raised your family there, and you took nice little holidays, but you always came back. And I just always had this feeling that there was a bigger world out there. And even as a child, I was like, I'm going to live in the Disneyland castle, not because I want to be a princess, but because I just, it just seems so magical as it, as, <laughs> as it is on brand for Disney. And um, and so I had this opportunity for this working holiday visa in Canada, not knowing anyone again in the Northern Hemisphere, and I was going by myself. And I got a lot of, uh, you're an idiot, uh, you don't know what you're doing. This is pre, you know, mainstream internet. I think Hotmail might have been a thing back then. And so I landed in Vancouver with $600 in two suitcases and ill-prepared, uh, but I was 22 years old and I... It was just something inside of me that was like, I have to try this, even if it doesn't work out, I have to try this. Um, and then the second time was I, um, the short version is, is that as a member of the Commonwealth, you're able to do the living and working holiday visa in an, a number of different countries in, around the world. And I was getting to a point where you age out of that eligibility. Um, and I was at my career at Microsoft for about seven years. And the age of 31 was looming and that was the cutoff age for you to be able to apply for one of these visas. And so I had to decide, do I stay with my career or do I follow my passion for travel and to just go out and explore the world for a couple of years before I truly quote unquote settle down. And 
I was single at the time and, and I went to my director and I said to her, Hey, I think I'm going to quit and I need to make a decision pretty quickly. And, um, she said, okay, just let me know. We'd hate to lose you, but we under, you know, I understand. I was like, great. And then I made the decision to actually continue to pursue my career. And, um, Lo and behold, she'd remembered that she'd actually moved to India for a short term, a two-year assignment, and came back one day for some meetings. We ended up having Thai food, and she said, hey, you want to move to India for six months? And by the end of lunch, I said yes, and 30 days later, I had moved to India and lived there for six months. In that 30 days between the Thai food and the plane leaving, uh, I got told I was an idiot more times than I could probably ever recall. And um, in both instances, moving from Australia to Canada and then from the US to India, um, I just said to myself, if I don't try, I will regret this for the rest of my life, in spite of what other people had told me. And um, hands down, I've made a lot of good decisions, including marrying this guy. Uh, but um, those those two instances are top five decisions that I have made in my life that I will never, ever, ever want to do over on. Uh, because I didn't listen to other people. I listened to myself. Amazing. I, the, the bravery that goes with that. But I mean, what I'm hearing is really trusting your intuition and and listening to yourself. So, um, yeah. yeah. I and I cried both times for like six weeks every day. Like, let me be very clear. <laughs> and that's part of the process. And, yeah. And there were many times where I was like, this is the biggest mistake I've ever made in my entire life, just because it was, it, there were moments of just sh sheer panic. Um, I've, I have made a mistake. Um, and then just through grit and resiliency was like, I got to make the most of this because I don't know if I'll ever get this opportunity again. Yep. Well, and yeah, taking advantage of the opportunity when it comes. So that's what I'm hearing from both of you. And so many great points. We're about to wrap. So I just want to make sure that I'm, first of all, thanking both of you for being here and sharing some of my key takeaways from this conversation. Trusting your intuition, really looking at swivel moments, being open to potentially what's going to come up um, and not being too rigid in your dreams. And because, you know, we tend to tell those stories and think it's going to end one way. And Dave, I think, you know, your quote, if you're not feeding yourself, then you got a problem feeding yourself in, in one way or another. So um, thank you to you both for being friends, uh, partners in <laughs> courage and creativity. And thank you for being on the show today. I really appreciate it. Thanks for having us. Yes. Thank you, Suzanne. And bravo. Bravo. Oh, pleasure. Well, keep going with what you're doing. Everybody out there, thank you for listening. Stay courageous. We will speak with you soon.